Well, tonight we're going to be in uh, 1 John chapter number 3, and we're going to finish up 1 John chapter 3. We started, I guess it was three weeks ago, and we had our last regular uh, uh, Bible study and prayer time. And we started, and we got to dealing with doubt and confidence in Christ and dealing with doubt as a believer. And I tell you, I really enjoyed that particular study because if you remember, uh, Matt and Stacy are here, and Stacy asked a question about uh, leading someone to Christ that believed in work salvation and those kind of things. And I tell you, that was awesome to see us as a collective group talk about how do you deal with people and help people when they need either assurance or their salvation, or even the idea of telling somebody that, you know, how to go to heaven outside of works. And I really enjoyed that. And I tell you, I love that. And any time, by the way, we start something on a Wednesday night or anything like that, Sunday school, different things like that, and there's things that come up, hey, that's part of the reason we're here. We're not just here to hear me talk. <laughs> you know, we're here to help each other in our walk with the Lord. But before we uh, start this, uh, we're going to read just the last three verses of 1 John chapter number 3. It says in verse number 22, it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you, Lord, so much for the day. I thank you for the time that we can be together. And, Lord, a lot of requests, a lot of things that are on our minds and hearts probably tonight. And, Lord, I pray you might answer all our requests according to your will, according to your word. Lord, there's a lot of people tonight that are struggling with uh, families, losing loved ones and people in the hospital. And, and Lord, just as we start a new year, Lord, just uh, the idea of, of people that may not be with us, Lord, that we love and miss. But, Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that your grace is sufficient. And, Lord, I pray you just help everyone in need tonight. And, Lord, I just thank you for what you do for us. Lord, be with us as we read your word. Thank you again for all you do for us. Lord, be with my wife and children as they're away in Christ's name. Amen. If I had to ask you something, you know, we start going into a new year. And every, I don't know if you like to make New Year's resolutions. How many of you actually actually write down New Year's resolutions? Okay, so no, I don't even care about it. They ain't going to last that long. I ain't going to write them down. Okay, good. All right, well, never mind. Let's pray and go home. Um, how many of you like kind of think to yourself, though, there's some things in the year that I like to do. Yeah, I, I think we all do that. There's some things that I like to do. There's some things I would like to be. Maybe there's a place in life I like to be at. So to say you want to be at a certain place in your life, maybe financially, maybe spiritually, maybe in your relationships, maybe with your job, maybe in whatever else, we ultimately say that if we get to where we want to be, that would be what called what? Success, right? Success. Now, don't answer this, but think about maybe what you did a year ago in January, where you thought you would be, where you prayed you would be, where you wanted to be, were you a success at those things? Were you a success at that? And I'm not trying to set you up like in a prideful way. Yes, I did all that. I mean, obviously, we know hopefully the Lord's the one that helped you with all that. But were you successful in 2018? But the question is, what do you want to be successful at this year? What is it in your life or in your family in your own personal walk and whatever it is, what is it that you would feel like at the end of this year, God willing, and we get to the end of this year, that you could look back and say, I was a success in this, or this was a successful year. 
I think a lot of us will say a lot of things. And by the way, getting to that success may not be the same route that you would plan. God may lead you in a way that you didn't expect to go or even desire to go. And, and I tell you, I really, around this time of year, I really think about in my life individually, but in my life in, in the responsibility I have here at the church, is what would be a successful year? What would be a successful year? What would make it where we're not just this, this week's like next week and this month's like next month and this year's like last year and we get where the Bible talks about being lukewarm? Because I don't want to get lukewarm in my relationship with Christ and I definitely don't want to get lukewarm in my responsibilities and vision that God gives me here at the church to work alongside of you. And I think to myself, what would be success? And I've really been thinking about this and I've really been praying. What would make this year a success? And I wrote this down and this is for me. It may not necessarily be for you. Maybe I encourage you to, if this is probably it in your life. But in my mind is this. I thought in my responsibility that I have here at the church, what would be success? And I wrote this down, just thought of this and thought, success would be is when the people here love, and I mean really love Jesus. Not just talk about him, not just know the things to say, but to really this year, I'm praying that God will help me be a tool, not be it, to be a tool, to be a help in your life where this year you love Jesus more than you've loved Jesus any time in your life. That you're closer to him, you're more on fire for him than you have been any other time in your life. And every person in this room has different relationships. We all have relationships. We have relationships that probably at one point is not as good as what it was maybe in the past we have relationships that may have ended for whatever reason and maybe we have relationships that are better now than maybe what they even were a year ago because of different circumstances and things that have happened but my thought of i want to be a success in god's eyes at the end of this year in the area of being a pastor and i tell you i thought about what could i do would it be for everybody to read their Bible through in the year? Is reading your Bible through great? Yes. But is that really the goal? Is the goal to say, man, if we could just get 20 more people to start attending church regularly, is that, is that, is that the goal? I don't think so. I don't think it is. You know, and I've been really thinking about it. It's like, if I got to the end of this year and we were running 150 people on Sunday mornings, would that mean it's a success? And I can tell you, I don't necessarily think that is. Would that be a bad thing? Absolutely not. But what would be a success? And, and I think it's this. It's the idea of, and I, I'm talking to you because I know you're a Wednesday night crowd and you're here. But a success is for if God could help me be a tool to help you to really love Jesus this year. To love Christ more than you ever loved him. Not just be fond of him. Not just make him part of your life. And for me, I wrote this down. Phil, for you to be a success this year is for you to help the people really love Jesus to where they don't need all the bells and whistles in order to sing, in order to pray, or in order to get in the Word, that they'll just be a devoted worshiper of God. And I just thought, that right there is my goal this year. My goal this year, you say, Brother Phil, you say, we're not these things? That's not what I'm saying. But I don't think there's a person in this room that wouldn't say they couldn't do more in their walk with God. And I'll read it again. My goal for me this year is for our people to really love Jesus and to not need all the bells, whistles in order to sing, to pray, to get in the Word, but just be a, t a devoted worshiper of God. That's my goal. 
And that's what I want God to help me do in my life. And I know I can't ever do anything this way until I work on it this way first. And I want you to understand that. And that's a goal. And thinking of that, it leads me to this passage. Because when you read this passage, we start in the very first verse we read, verse 22. And it says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. So if this is my goal that I feel like God's laid on my heart, that God wants me to do to be a success, and I read this letter that's 1 John, which is to the book of, uh, excuse me, which is the church of Ephesus, excuse me, and he says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because I guarantee you, we're all going to pray for things this year. You probably started the year possibly in prayer. You probably prayed sometime yesterday. Lord, give me a good year. Lord, give me good health. Lord, help me in my attitude. Help me in whatever. Help me in whatever it may be. You asked a lot of things probably. And during this year, you're going to ask God for a lot of things. So how do we get to claim this promise? Because this is a promise. And I put at the top, the title is this, We Receive of Him. There's things this year I can only receive from God. I can receive a lot of blessings through other people, a lot of things, and I'm thankful for it. But how do I get the beginning of verse 22? How do I get whatsoever I ask, we receive of Him? I want to receive from God what I just mentioned that I'm praying for. That's what, And that's part of the reason why we're going to look at this in Sunday school about what does it mean to be part of the local body of Christ? What does that mean? And I put some things down here as this. He says here with confidence, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Before I get into this and this lesson here, let me ask you a question. What is it right now, if you could have whatever it is you wanted from God, what would you want from God? I'm not trying to make a genie in a lamp kind of idea, but if you could get anything from God, what would you ask for? What would it be that you'd want? You say, well, that's not real reasonable. Well, it actually happened to Solomon. I mean, God, I mean, God said, Solomon, tell me what you want. And I understand God spoke with an audible voice more in the Old Testament, and we have the full canon of Scripture. I understand that. But he says here, almost similar to what he says to Solomon, what is it that you want from me? And think to yourself, what is it that you want from God that will make it that you want it enough that you actually ask God for? Can I be honest with you? There's a lot of things that I want from God, but I never ask him for them. I mean, I want that. I wish God would do that, but I never get to the place that I ask him for it. And what are some things? And maybe just think about that. Maybe jot something down on your paper. Maybe think about what is it that if you could get from God that you would get it, you would ask him for it. And... How do, if if you get past that, what is it that you could do to claim whatsoever we ask we receive of him? You say, really, Phil, I feel like I ask God for all kinds of things. The only thing I get is no, 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 no. I feel like, you know, the four-year-old asking their parents, their favorite word is no. You know, that's all I get. Well, how can I get this? I mean, how can I get this claim here that we receive of him? And the first thing we have here on the sheet there to follow along, why will God answer? Why? Why will God answer when he says here, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. That means there's two things going on. There's me asking, and there's God answering. Because it doesn't say whatsoever we ask, and it goes on. It says whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why will God answer me in this? Because why does John say here towards the end of his life, that if you ask God, you will receive of him. Why does he, why will God answer? Well, there's two things for that, the first part here. 
And if you notice here, I have this word underlined in my Bible. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because there's a reason why God will answer. And it's twofold right here. He will, he will answer why first because it says we keep his commandments. We keep. Now, in speaking of keeping his commandments, and the second one it says, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So what, why will God answer me? Because I keep and I do his commandments. Now you say, aren't they the same thing, keeping and doing? No. Keeping means to allow yourself to receive and not get rid of it, to allow yourself to take it in and meditate on it and keeping it and not giving it away. But doing is involving an action of something you're going to do. He's saying that he will answer you, he will answer me, if I will keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, I have this down here. Is this. What is the, why will, oh, okay, let me say it like this. Do you ever pray without confidence? Or you say, well, every time you pray, do you have confidence that God will hear and that God will answer? Do you pray that way all the time? I think we'd all say no. We don't always pray with confidence. Why is it that I don't pray with confidence sometimes? Why is it that when you pray, it's kind of like a hopeful, wishful, maybe so mentality? Why is it that sometimes I don't pray with confidence? Can I tell you why? I don't pray with confidence. I'm going to make it sound real spiritual, then I'm going to hit it at home, okay? Because I don't have the faith that God will do it. Now, if I don't have the faith that God will do it, now this is where it hurts. I don't pray with confidence because I'm in sin. Whenever I've sinned in my life, I don't have faith. You never read in Scripture anywhere that someone that was in sin that had faith in God. Where the presence of sin is, there's an absence of faith. There always is. When sin is in my life, there is not a faith in God. Why? Because what do I do when I sin? I am pleasing what? Myself or doing what I think I should do. And so, a lot of times, I don't pray with confidence because there's sin in my life. I, I want to, if you would hold your place there and flip over to the book of Psalm, if you will. Psalm, uh, Psalm 66. And after Sunday morning, me not knowing where Mark 9 was, I really tried to look where all these verses were, just to be sure, okay? Psalm 66. Psalm 66, as you get towards the end of the psalm, if you would, why is it that I don't pray with confidence? Is because I have sin in my life. It could be. It could be because I have sin in my life. Okay, look at Psalm 66, beginning in verse... Number 17, okay? Psalm 66, verse 17. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to, to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Look what he says here. Look what I believe is probably David here that's mentioning this. David's saying here, he is so thankful that God hears him. And you know why? Because he realizes in verse number 18, there's a pretty bold statement here. If I regard, if I keep, if I don't take care of iniquity or sin in my heart, it says the Lord will not hear me. Now you're saying, Brother Phil, I'm a Christian. God hears every prayer that I pray because I'm a Christian. 
problem is that sounds really good, but that's contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, this is David more than likely, the man after God's own heart. He says, if I keep sin in my life and do not do what it should and not take care of it, don't confess it, then guess what? God will not hear me. He won't hear me. And there's lots of verses you can go to. For, uh, I believe it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. If I don't give honor to my wife, it says the Lord will not hear my prayer. I mean, that's pretty big right there. I mean, over in the book of Amos, it says if you don't love and give to the poor, it says he don't even want to hear the songs of your praises if you neglect those that are in need and you have the ability to help. I mean, there's lots of places in Scripture where God says to his people, I ain't listening to you. And sometimes we don't pray with confidence. You know why? We don't pray with confidence because we have sin in our lives. We have things in our lives that are not right. Because we want to trust in something or someone else rather than ourselves. And, and, and what David is saying here, he says, but I've got to remember, if i got iniquity in my heart, I mean, it's hard to pray to God when you've got unconfessed sin in your life. It just is. I mean, if you just got through lying big time to somebody, you just got through losing your cool to somebody. I mean, you ever had to pray? Like, every now and then, something may come up like this. Man, you get really angry, really bothered by somebody at work. And then it's lunchtime, and you said something you shouldn't say, and you're sitting there, and you're like, all right, got to pray for my food. You know what? You might as well not even pray. He says, you know, you got to take care of it. Well, I, I forgot where it was in Scripture, but forgive me, I think it was in the Gospels. He says, if you have ought against your brother and you come to make a sacrifice, it's better to leave your sacrifice to God, go restore your brother, then come back. Because he says, I don't even want your sacrifice until you restored your brother. Or your sister, however you want to look at it there in, in the language. And, and to understand is that when we pray, if I have sin in my life, one, most of the time with sin in my life, I don't pray. And I definitely am not praying with confidence. Because here's my confidence in prayer when I have sin in my life. Lord, I know you're going to take care of them. Lord, I know you're going to work it out. Vengeance is yours. You will repay, saith the Lord. You're going to take care. That's how we pray whenever we're angry. But you think about it in your life. Why do you not pray with confidence? Why do you wonder tonight? Just think about it. Could it be there's something you've really been praying for in your heart and life? And you feel like God has not heard you at all. Why is that? Why is it? Well, sometimes God's time is not our time. I'm not saying all unanswered prayer is sin. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not saying that at all. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. I understand that. But I think sometimes we don't have confidence going to God is because we know we got things in our life and going to God with stuff in our life kind of makes us a little gun shy about going to him. It's kind of like uh, the other day one of my kids did something that they shouldn't have done to the, one of the brothers or sisters, I'll just say it like that. And when I called their name to come here, they didn't run dancing and jumping and ready to hug me and say, what is it, Father? They're like, I wonder if he knows. I mean, you know what I mean? They did that walk of shame. You know, like, what do you, what do you yeah, yeah, what you, what you want? And you know what? They're knowing their mind. They're thinking, I wonder if he knows what I just did, what I just said. And honestly, we carry that same mentality in prayer to God when we have sin in our life. And because of that, it's like, that's it's why it's hard to pray with confidence in that. So you say, thanks, Brother Phil. That was really encouraging. <laughs> okay, good. So... If I don't pray with confidence a lot of times because of a lack of faith or because of sin, what is the secret of praying with confidence? 
Found right there in 1 John chapter 3. You know what it is? It's obeying God and seeking to please him. That's the secret to praying, if there's such a, I don't mean just to say secret, but that's the, the, the magic formula there. To pray, and do you ever pray with somebody or you hear someone pray and you're like, man, it's like I'm praying with Moses or I'm praying with somebody that's got unbelievable faith. And it's like they really believe God's going to do what they're praying for. You know why? Because more than likely they're, they're praying with confidence because that person is obeying God and they're seeking to please God in their life. Because I'm seeking actively to please him and because of that I'm obeying God and I'm doing those things. And that's why you can pray with confidence. Kind of like I was talking about earlier with a child. That child that knows that they're done wrong, a lot of times has a hard time coming up asking for something that they know they don't really deserve. You say, no, my kids ask for stuff all the time anyways. I understand that. But, you know, if you know you kind of did something wrong and done somebody wrong, you normally struggle asking them for anything if you know you're in the wrong. You have a hard time confidently talking with them and fellowshipping with them and having a relationship with them. And the secret to what it is of praying and praying with confidence and having this mentality, whatsoever we ask, we'll receive of him, is whenever I'm obeying God, but I'm constantly seeking to please him. You know, James talks about it a good bit. And he says, you have not because you ask not. And you ask and you don't receive. You know why? Because you ask amiss. Why? Because you want it for your own lust. You want it for your own. You're not seeking to please God with whatever it is you're asking for. You're seeking it to please yourself, to glorify yourself. He said that's why, James says, that's why you don't get when you finally do ask. And so, you know, part of it is, is keeping his commandments and doing his commandments, doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's why he'll answer. You know, if my life and your life at any moment can be right with God, you can be right with God any moment, and that's an awesome thing. But when I'm living a life during a time span that I'm, that I'm obeying God and I'm seeking God and I'm trying to please God in my life, I tell you, my prayer life is not very hard. It's not a difficult prayer life. You know why? Because when... I am trying to please God with my life. I am trying to obey God, and I'm not seeking my glory in His. I don't have a problem talking to Him because we're close. But whenever I'm seeking my own, I have a hard time talking to God. I just do. I struggle. And I definitely don't have confidence in it. And having that faith and trusting in God and just saying, God, I trust you in this. And, and you know, you think to yourself, am I receiving anything of God? Well, do you have confidence in him? Well, no, maybe you don't have confidence because maybe you're not keeping and doing the things that please him and his commandments. That's what keep his commandment. That's the obeying. And doing those things is the acts of seeking him to please him. And so we see this part here of receive of him. How can we receive things of him or why will we receive? Because we keep and we do. All right, the next part is this. You say, Brother Phil, that's great. So you just told me I've got to keep his commandments. I mean, it's a pretty big Bible. Thanks a lot. I've got to keep everything in Scripture. Okay, well, what is his commandment? I mean, you think about it. He's like, okay, what, what's his commandment? Verse 23. And this is his commandment. Okay, thank you. I like it when they give me the answer. Okay, thank you. Uh, the commandment is this, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. You know, you ever have somebody look at you and say, you know what, you just ought to do what's right. And you're like, that's great. What's right? And, you know, John just got through telling him, you know, whatsoever you ask, you receive of him. You know why? Because you keep his commandments. And they're thinking, okay, 
what are his commandments? What's he commanded us to do? And that's when he says, verse 23, this is his commandment. This is it. He said it's twofold. The commandment is simply this. It is faith in Christ. So if you want to follow along there on the next part, what is his commandment? Those two dots. The first one is faith in Christ. And the second one is love each other. Sounds a whole lot like Matthew, where Matthew says, where the Jesus says what? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. And going back to what I mentioned here about what I view success for, here's the thing. If I really, really fall in love with Jesus and love Jesus the way I should, I won't mind loving people. I won't mind. But when I'm really, really in love with myself, I have a hard time loving people. Whenever I like Jesus, I don't love people. And more than likely, and maybe, maybe I won't say that, but there's a lot of times I just don't love people because I don't love Jesus the way I should. I don't do for people because I don't love Jesus the way I should. I'll put it to you like this. How much of your prayer life is for other people? How much of your prayer life for other people? Like you think about how well you say, well, I go down the prayer list and I say a name and I say a next name and I say a next name and I say a next name. And that's great. I'm glad to lift people's name up in prayer. But then think about how much you go into detail what you ask God for for you. Lord God, I'm asking you for wisdom on my job. Lord, give me patience. Uh, with my family, don't ask for patience. But yeah, I, you know, I'm, Lord, I'm asking you to keep my uh, family safe and this. And Lord, help me to have the right attitude. And all those are great. Oh, and Lord, be with my boss today. Amen. Man, you just really laid out what you wanted God to do in your life. But how much did you beg God for for that person? You say, well, I don't really know what they're going through. You're getting warmer. That means we've got to invest in other people. Every person in this room, and myself included, is the product of somebody personally investing in the love of Christ in your life. I am. You are. You are of somebody invested and show the love of Christ in your life. Or you wouldn't be in this room tonight. I'm sorry, you wouldn't. Well, I'm just here tonight because God helped me and it's just been me and God. I understand it might have been you and God a whole lot in your life, but God has used other people to help you in your walk and to help you to where you're at tonight. And I tell you, part of not getting in too much of what, what I want to share with you soon is I'm telling you, I think in my life right now, God's asking me, okay, I've loved you and I've shown love to you. Now, who are you discipling and showing the love of Christ to now? We need to get to the point in our life to where we're discipling and showing other people the love of Christ and almost understand what it says. Quit looking for the love from other people and start showing the love of Christ to other people. That's where we always go back to. There's two types of Christians. There's givers and there's takers. And for a long time, a lot of us like to be taken, 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 taken. And not giving of the love of Christ. And to go back where we're looking at here, what is his commandment? It's faith in Christ. Now, I do believe faith in Christ here is twofold. I do believe it means in salvation. You know, you have to have faith in Christ for salvation. Without faith in Christ for trusting him for salvation, you're not a child of God. So he said the commandment is what? His desire is what? That you believe on the name of the Son of God, the Son of Jesus Christ. It is salvation, but it also is faith in him for everything you face in life. And, and I can tell you, the second part here that we should love each other, it takes faith in God to love people. You say, you have no idea. 
You know how well as I do. It's hard to love some people. And it's really hard sometimes to love people the way you know God wants you to love them. But that's where your faith in God and not in people has to reign. Your faith in God has to supersede the brokenness that we all have as humanity. I hope I don't, but I'm going to dare say I'm going to probably fail some of you in some shape or form this year. Hopefully nothing major. But you know, I'll probably in some way will disappoint you sometime this year. But don't let whatever my disappointment, whatever, don't let whatever your disappointment in me is this year cause you to stop loving me and showing that love. And I need to do the same thing to you. If I get disappointed in something in your life, I shouldn't cut off. Well, they start living, they start acting right. I'll start loving them again. That's not love. That's definitely not grace that God teaches in Scripture. And His commandment is faith. Faith in Christ, but also in love of each other. And they go together. If we trust God, we'll love one another. How awesome would it be? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the church in, um, at Thessalonica. And I could be wrong. But I believe one of the churches, it was recognized. Paul said, I know you by your love of others. Your love is known abroad. How awesome would it be for the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church to be known in this county as a church that loves people? I'm not saying we don't love people. Like I said, please don't take offense. Don't be easily offended, okay? But what would it be to be known as a body of people that meet here that, man, they really love people? They love people. Didn't say they were perfect. Didn't say they were always the... Uh, the most intelligent on different things, but we just, because you ain't going to be the most intelligent with me up here, okay? That ain't going to happen. I understand that. But you know what? But there's something that goes really far in loving people. If we were a people that says we're going to love God's word and we're going to love on people, I believe that it carries through anything that we will face this year or we'll say face in years to come. And the idea of this, why will God answer? Well, he'll answer because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing. And what is his commandment? His commandment is simple. Have faith in him, but also to love each other, to love other people. I encourage you uh, in this. I want you to think about this. When you woke up this morning, when you started this year, and you started listing all those things that you feel like you needed to do, I encourage you or challenge you in this. Ask God to help you Every day. But ask God to help you. God, lay somebody on my heart or put somebody in my path that you want me to love on them. That you want me to love on And it may be something small. It may be a small gesture one time. It may be something that God really wants you to invest your time and your effort and maybe even your talents into them. Whatever it may be, God, who is it? Give me somebody that you want me to love on like you love me that you want me when they look at me they don't see me and by the way here's the difference there are people that love and do stuff for people so when that person looks at them they see them that's not the goal the goal is to love on somebody and just have grace and patience and mercy and, and all these things people that when they look at us what did he say that they won't see us but they'll see him that they'll see christ the love of christ the goal is not to see that person but to see Christ in that person. And so they can see that, and they go together in that. 
And so the last part is this. So what happens when we do all this? So what happens when we do those things that are pleasing in His sight, we keep His commandments, and we have faith in God, and we love people the way we should? What happens when all that happens? Verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, dwelleth in Christ, and Christ in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the, you notice that spirit, that's capitalized there, that means the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit which he hath given us. You know what it means? What happens when we do this? The Holy Spirit does something for us. He gives us confidence. I would love to sit here and tell you there's been points in last year, I never had a time last year that I didn't say, God, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this? You ever, you ever wonder that? You don't have to say anything, but you ever sometimes, God, why am I doing this? Why am I going here? Why am I doing this? Why am I working this? Why am I, why am I, why, why am I doing this? Why do you ask those questions? Because your faith and your confidence has been shaken. And we all have those moments. Don't think if you have a moment of lack of confidence, lack of faith, that you're a horrible, simple person. I'm not saying that. We all have times in our life where we get shook. But whenever I keep, I do, I have faith, and I love other people, he says, because the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, I have confidence that no matter what comes at me this year, what challenges me, what things come that I'm not expecting or even want to come, I can have confidence in Christ, in whatever it is I'm going to face this year. Um, I was almost a little reluctant to <laughs> share this, and I'll share it anyways. About, I guess it's four years ago. Wow, it's been that long. Um, I prayed, and I, I only told Rachel, and I, I've shared this with a few of you. I prayed, and Rachel and I prayed. I said, honey, I want you to really pray. And I thought in the life of our church, things were going good. Nobody kicked me out yet. None of that good stuff. You know, things were going good. But I prayed. I said, God, I want, you, I want you to do something. And you that have been here for a while, you know what I'm talking about. I said, God, I want you to do something that just gels us together. Do something that unifies us. To just Not that we were dispersed. Not that we were bickering. Not, none of that, okay? But you know what I mean? Just make it where we feel one. And I prayed and prayed, and you ever pray for something and God answers it, but he don't answer the way you want him to answer it? I had one of those experiences. And God allowed something to happen in a service that I thought, man, God, you did not let me go to Bible college. I did not get a class for this. I did not take a Bible class on how to deal with this right here. And I tell you, I was really shaken in my faith for, for a while there. And it's something that happened... And it really scared me. I'm like, God, what are you doing with this? God, I want you to unite us, and this is going to divide us. And I tell you, by the end of that service, every single person in our church came up to me and hugged me, hugged Rachel, said, we love you, we're here for you, we got faith in you, we're, we're here, God's going to do something great. And I remember walking away going, what? And you that were here know what I'm talking about. That same service, we had two, Will and Leanna joined our church, that church service. And I remember Will looking at me saying, hey, I feel like God wants us to join the church. And I looked at him and said, are you, are you serious today? We just had a big blow up in the middle of church, you know. Somebody got mad. He said, no, no, no. He says, I know this is where God wants us to be. 
And I remember just sitting there thinking and praying, like, God, you are bigger. You are more. You do answer prayer. And you may not answer the way I want you to answer or how I want you to answer. But you know what God did? And I tell you, really in my mind, and I've never shared this with anybody but Rachel, I have that marked down as the moment I felt like us, that God said, I'm gonna, we're going to go. We're going to go forward. And we have. I've seen God do some great things. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. You're probably better to not know what we're talking about, okay? But you know what? God can do it. And God can do whatever it is in your life that you want him to do. But there's some conditions. I can't go out there and say, God, I want to make more money. I've got to be obedient. I've got to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If I love God and love people, I can claim trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lay not thy understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. I, I can claim that. And like I said, you know, in your life and in my life, you can receive from God. You can. But there's some requirements, John's saying, you've got to do to have confidence when you pray and ask of him. Let's stand together and we'll close them.